20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 89th episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. My name is Andy Herman. I am a writer for Cheesehead TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Scani Sports. And today, I'm incredibly excited to be joined by the one and only Corey Benke. Corey is the co-founder of Cheesehead TV and LiveX Production. You can follow him on Twitter at Corey Benke. You can watch him every Wednesday on Packers Transplants with Aaron Nagler on Cheesehead TV. Corey, thank you so incredibly much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Andy. This has uh, been exciting since uh, you started this venture how many days ago, but uh, it's, been a, it's been a pretty cool journey to, to follow you. Well, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. We've got a phenomenal team. Uh, I, I get way more credit than I deserve. They pretty much all have creative control on what they want to do for every episode. They edit everything. I'm lucky. I just kind of upload it every day. And sometimes they even do that for me as well. And I kind of try to do my part and, and once every week have an awesome guest on and talk some Packers. So I'm excited to be talking to you today. And, and thanks so much for following along as well. Um, no, I, I always like to add it or ask whenever we have a guest, uh, just to tell us a little bit about your story. We had obviously Aaron Nagler on earlier this year. He told us a little bit about, you know, kind of how you guys came up with Cheesehead TV, but I still think it's an amazing story and just kind of tell it from your point of view and just how you've kind of gotten into this whole crazy business as well. Well, back in, you know, 2006, uh, Packer transplants had been Aaron and I on the phone every week talking to each other and, uh, our respective girlfriends getting upset with us because we'd be yelling at each other. And they're like, why don't you guys just hang out? And I finally kind of came to him and I said, look, why don't we do what we do talking to each other on the phone and make it a podcast. And right around then, you know, there wasn't a lot of, of Packers coverage in the aughts. I remember getting the Packer report uh, and I would get it a week late. And so like in New York, cause I was living in New York at the time and still am uh, now I commute back and forth. But I would get Packer Report. Well, that would be six days old. There wasn't a lot of stuff on the internet. There wasn't a lot of coverage. It's not like today where, you know, you can't, you can turn around and have, you know, 20 different takes on where the Packers are right now at this moment in time in a bye week. And it wasn't like that. So we decided, hey, why don't we try to, to do this? Uh, podcasting's kind of, this. that was the first round of podcasting where, you know, there was a whole time between where everybody thought it was going to die in like 2010. And then it it's now come roaring back, of course. But the whole idea of the site that we created was Aaron would write and it would be devoted to Packer fans worldwide to give them something that they couldn't get. You know, it's when you're in Wisconsin, you're inundated with the Packers. Um, you know, you know, this uh, living near Green Bay is every time, you know, you can get Packers shows on on ABC, all the local all the local channels, you can get your fill um with the television and with the newspapers, you know, between Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Green Bay Press Gazette, I mean the Post Crescent, like everything has Packers news. And, you know, when you're outside of the state and outside of the country, you're jonesing for that information and you know, the site basically took off with that idea that, you know, who is out there devoted to Green Bay Packer fans. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, I'm really proud of the fact that like you decided to put the show on our site because it really shows that over the years, you know, 11 years later, we are still continuing that tradition as a community. 
And uh, it's really cool, like having a show. Who would have thought? Like I was trying to do a podcast, you know, what, 10 times or 11. (laughs) We were lucky if we did 10 times with our lives going on, uh, even during the season. And now the fact that uh, you have an everyday podcast that you're able to uh, give to fans worldwide, that's it's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, it's really cool. And and I'll be totally transparent here. I, I've, you know, you guys have kind of been a motivating factor for me with what I've done with the Pack-A-Day podcast. So for Cheesehead TV, I, and I don't even, I'm sure you probably come to this conclusion at, at some point, but I don't know if you realize like, you know, a year and a half ago, I was absolutely nobody. And what I mean by that is I think I had less than a thousand followers on Twitter and, uh, you know, basically had no following. I'd written a little bit for title town sound off who kind of gave me my first opportunity. Uh, but I reached out to, to Jersey Al about it, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit more than that. And, uh, to get the opportunity to write for cheesehead TV. And I've always viewed cheesehead TV as not just the best Packers blog, but one of the best, if not the best sports blogs for any team in, in the, uh, in any sport period. And the opportunity that she said TV gave to me and in that time frame, the audience that it gave me uh, to, to basically go on and, you know, now I'm on the radio a couple times a week, I'm doing TV stuff. And that's all because of the opportunity that she said TV afforded me. And when I started thinking about the pack a day podcast and putting some sort of podcast together, that was a huge motivating factor to say, all right, there's other people out here that are doing amazing work and I want them to kind of have that same recognition and have those same opportunities. And I never even expected the the people to come out that came out to try to do it every, you know, that are doing it every day. And we've had tremendous success so far. And, and hopefully a lot of them, I told them all of them flat out. I said, my goal is that you guys get so, you know, so incredibly big and get a following that you don't want to do the pack a day podcast anymore. And then we find new people and kind of recycle it through and so on and so forth. But she said, TV has been that way for a lot of different writers who have gone on to write for a lot of different places. And uh, it's just a really cool thing that you've developed. And obviously you guys are way ahead of your time with it. I mean, thank you. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it takes a lot of people, you know, bringing on Jersey Al when Aaron made the move to go to the Green Bay Press Gazette, you know, that was a really good move. We, we really believed in the site and we needed somebody like Al to help us, you know, keep the site uh, and the audience, and by joining forces, um, he had a blog at the time, Jersey Al's Packer blog. Uh, I, I still wear the T-shirt at least. I try to wear that uh, that T-shirt at least two or three times uh, a season on transplants, just to give him props. But um, yeah, I mean the the three of us together, and now Aaron back. Like it's really an exciting. This is a really exciting season, I think, for Cheesehead TV and everyone involved with it. I. Uh, I, I've never been more excited about where we're going and, and what we're doing. I couldn't agree more. There's certainly an energy and, and certainly when, you know, you and Aaron got back more involved even, and not that it was in a, you know, a bad spot or anything like that. It was, it was going fantastic actually, but you could just tell there was an energy that picked up as well um, when you and Aaron came back and started doing transplants and some, some of the video stuff as well. So it's been, it's been fantastic. Um, you've obviously worked with Aaron for some time now. What's it kind of like working with, uh, with him? I, I think you guys just do a tremendous job. You play off each other so incredibly well. I'm incredibly jealous of the charisma that you guys both have and that are able to, to play off of each other so incredibly well. Um, and, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of your relationship and, and how that kind of goes. Well, I actually, he's older than me, but I was uh, ahead of him at school and we both both went to an acting conservatory at School of the Arts in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And, um, you know, I guess we just got incredibly lucky to meet each other when we did and to be in an acting program where, you know, 
uh, it's all about talking and listening and learning how to talk and listen with people. And then, you know, also saying yes to things, you know, we don't take anything each other says personally ever. We understand the idea that, you know, it's entertainment. I mean, he laughs at me because, you know, I take the idea of entertainment and like saying whatever I want too far. But I feel like, I feel like, you know, I always tell him, I'm like, our show needs some more juice. Um, And so, you know, I just, I, I'd rather, I'd rather protect his reputation as a writer and uh, let me be the one that goes off the deep end and, and brings in the, you know, crazier fan perspectives that our ideas, a lot of times I actually, most times I actually believe if I'm bringing something in uh, as a fan, there's a piece of me that, you know, there's a piece of me that wanted Mason Crosby fired, you know, and I apologize to him. And was that the biggest piece? No, but like, he is really good at, he's really good at pushing my buttons (laughs) and like some of the, some of the craziest stuff that I've said that's gone viral or like mini viral in our community is usually because he pressed like, you know, he was like, he was like, okay, the show needs juice. Let's press some, you know, 911 on Corey right now because I know this will just piss him off. So, uh, you know, we've been, we've been lucky enough to become friends uh, at a really early age and, and, you know, this, I think, is an outlet for both of us to express ourselves that way that we don't really get because neither of us are really trying to be an, trying to be actors anymore. You know, I mean, even him, like I would say Aaron has this unique blend of, you know, an entertaining analyst, columnist, but he also, you know, he engenders people know like there's not a lot of bullshit with him. And uh, I think that's what a lot of Packer fans respond to. I couldn't agree more. And I think the thing I love from your perspective is when you're talking and I'm, I'm spe- speaking specifically to transplants here, but you can just tell how much of a fan you are. And I think even when I talk from time to time or, or when Aaron talks, I think it's, um, you know, when you start talking from an analytical standpoint, you can kind of lose some of that uh, uh, fan perspective a little bit or things like that. I don't even know how to exactly put it in words, yeah. but you are, it's, it comes across so blatantly clear that, you know, your fandom is still loud and proud and clear. And that's, that's, you know, number one in your kind of repertoire of what you go to, but obviously you have that analytical side as well. But again, it just plays off so incredibly well. Well, it's funny because when he was at the press gazette, he would always be whining about how, Oh man, I just want to be a fan again. Like it's so hard. And that's to your point. Like as soon as you start reporting or you start analyzing you have to have this detachment as a professional, but you know, at the same, you know, it's, it's kind of like a lot of people go, Oh, do you guys have credentials? And like, we've been credentialed by the Packers. It, it's not a huge deal. We're not right now, but it, it's actually not as, it's not as big of a deal, especially with such crazy coverage of the Packers that there is. What happens is it you have to be even more detached. Like in some ways, when you agree to a credential, it's an agreement. It's an agreement that you're going to agree to what the Packers want. Well, as a fan, I pay the Packers. So as long as I like stay within the rules of like when I'm there, I can can say anything I want. And it's my, I feel like it's my team more. And I get that. I mean, I, you know, I don't really write blog posts. The only blog post I write is for Packer transplants. I used to write more like I would be the writer on Cheesehead TV that would do like top 15 Packer blogs and like those kind of writing because I didn't want to be detached. I want to be a fan. Like I'm in this because I'm a fan and I want other fans to be able to get information and, 
you know, we had this thing recently. I don't know if you saw it where Aaron posted um, the little girl who was like, like four years old. She was like, Jordy. Yep. Yep. It was so heartbreaking. And um, even though I think like the Jordy Nelson thing was the right thing to do. So Aaron posted this on She Said TV because, and this came from me. Okay. You remember the, the, the video where the guy, of course you do, where the guy tackles his girlfriend and then like, it's the whole Clay Matthews and it went viral yep, and it was absolutely. Yeah, the flag thing. Okay, so I literally watched that go viral on Twitter, as we all did, that are on Twitter all the time. Then I watched Barstool post the video on Barstool, right? This is a Packers, like, viral video here, and get, like, the number one search in Google for that. And I'm like, wait a second. We're She Said TV. Like, we need to be serving all Packer fans, right? It doesn't matter if it's, like, the most analytical, nerdy story. stuff that I love, like getting in the weeds on like, you know, who doesn't deserve to be on the practice squad today, that kind of (laughs) stuff to like, to, but to this little girl. So, so this little girl video came on like two weeks later, two weeks later, same kind of thing went viral. Aaron posted it and oh my goodness, our comments were like a straight up dumpster fire. Like it was crazy. It was like people were complaining because we were doing mainstream stuff. I'm like, guys, you're just showing your age. Like in 2018, selling out means nothing. It's not what it was like in 1999. You know, it's just not the same thing. And like, we need to cater to all fans, like from a little girl to a, to a teenager, to an 80 year old. Right. Like we're there for everybody, not just white dudes that are 25 to 46. No, absolutely. And actually, that's one of the things with the podcast as well that I try to do. I didn't want, you know, 20 people on the podcast that were all breaking down film or breaking down, you know, who the 10th person on the practice squad was. You know, I wanted people who could break down film. I wanted entertaining people. I wanted people with hot takes. I wanted people uh, like Mark Eckel, who's been in the, you know, beat writing business for 30 years, even if it was as an Eagles guy. You know, you've got so many different people with so many different personalities that are both listening and now able to provide content. The more unique you can be and the, the more voices you can get it's 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 a it's a positive it's not a negative 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. anyway i know that you know you know me if you watch transplants you know i go off on tangents so i'm sorry about that I, i'm sure i answered your question and then nope nope that's that's absolutely perfect i love that i love the tangents i love it the more we can have the better uh do you have really quick do you have a funny aaron nagler story since he's not here to defend himself <laughs> I'll, I'll say the generosity of aaron nagler i um uh, my sister and I were hanging out with him in Appleton. This is like way, way back in like 98, 99, uh, maybe even 97. Yeah. Cause it was after the, it was after the Super Bowl. It was right after, yeah, it was after and we're hanging out and Aaron actually got to meet my grandpa Banky. He was like one of the few friends who met him before he died and um, got to come to his house in Brilliant. And Aaron was pretty drunk and he had a friend who had like a Packer uh, antique place and he was showing us like all this cool stuff. And uh, he was so drunk that he gave me and my sister a signed Brett Favre and Bart Starr poster. Oh, gee. Uh, so I'll never forget that. I have it actually in our Green Bay house. And I always remind him, I'm like, dude, do you remember how drunk you were that you gave me that? And he was like, oh, yeah. Can I have that back? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's absolutely perfect. But, but um, you know, the best time was that period be for me with him he I got to see him in his element with like his Appleton friends 
And uh, I come into the house. He invites me and my sister. This is like the same night. He invites me and my sister to this. He invites us to this party. And I walk in. He's got all his absent friends. And, uh, and like, they're kind of drinking beer or whatever. And I'm, like, in, like, full fan force. And I'm like, Nagler! And then uh, we started all doing shots to Travis Jervy. Oh, like, perfect. Basically, we would bring up any name of a Packer and then everybody would do shots in the entire house. And, you know, that is what ultimately led to him giving me the the Bart Starr, Brett Favre uh, poster. So, you know, nerdy times in Appleton. That's my best uh, Aaron Nagler story. Here, here's an idea for, for somebody. I've always wanted to do this and I never had the time to do it. I think somebody needs to create a book of, uh, you know, crazy Packers like Travis Jervie, things like that. And what their shot would be like, if you went to a bartender and be like, I, I want a Travis Jervie, like what would, <laughs> what would be in that shot? Like, like yeah. I, I think it would just be an amazing book to read, like all these different, like mixed drinks or cocktails or shots, you know, the, of all famous Packer players. Totally. It's like the Bao Ju. <laughs> Uh, with Rob Domofsky, like the, it's always like there's always like some player that's like an insider word, insider catchphrase that if you say it to the certain part of the fan base, like everybody knows what you're talking about. I love it. Taco Wallace. Yeah, yeah. Travis Jervy's the greatest, though. I mean, I think I don't know. Does any does any name of a player top Travis Jervy in that way? This, I mean, Baoju, I would say is like number two. Uh, in in about uh, four or five years, and maybe we're already there. Jeff Janis might be there, but uh, in a different way, obviously. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is I thought that what's his name? I can't even remember his name. That's how much he's receded from my memory. He didn't fall on the. This is what I say to Nagler. He didn't fall on the ball at the NFC Championship game, and we had him on special teams for like seven years. And I thought he would be one of those, and I can't even remember his name right now. That's in how the, not special he is. In the Seahawks NFC Championship game. Oh, in the uh, in the Brett Brett Favre's last NFC, the, oh, the, gotcha. the coldest, the second coldest game in uh, in uh, Lambo history. Um, yeah, I was there, and I don't for some reason I've completely nuked that. Gary Bush. Oh, sure, sure. Who uh, he's in the top five, but if you can't remember his name, I guess he can't be. Yeah, actually, one of my favorite moments is the Jared Bush interception in the Super Bowl because so many people were hating on him for so long. And then to have that redemption at the end was pretty cool. But no, see, here's the thing, though. Does he have redemption, though? Because if he falls on the ball at the NSHC, I've been very bitter about Jared Bush for a long time. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if I can let it go. It's like it's really hard because, like, I agree with you. He got some redemption. But did he fill his cup? It's really hard. No, I agree. It would be like if the next season, you know, Bostic, if Bostic, uh, you know, caught a touchdown in a Super Bowl the next year, you still don't absolve him of the NFC Championship game snafu. So I hear what you're saying. No. And, and is there any is there any is there any Green Bay Packer more despised than Brandon Bostic? I don't think so. I think that goes, I think he's kind of 1A and I, I you know, to an extent I feel bad for him, but I, I think he's 1A on the, the Packers hate list at the moment. Yeah, I feel bad for him as a human being, right. uh, but that's, it doesn't, yeah, that's about as far as my boundary extends. <laughs> no, I agree. As a player, no, I, there's no remorse as a, a human being, because I'm sure, unfortunately, I'm sure he probably received like death threats and things like that, which is insane, but. Yeah, that's stupid, know. but, but, but he, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy too, like, those are some of the things that, because Aaron gets, you know, there was a long time because Aaron Nagler get, will get inside information, not, and I'm not going to say any sources, I don't know any, but he does definitely has sources, right? He's, right. he's cultivated sources as a, as a reporter slash analyst for the, for 
the, the Green Bay Packers. And that's my favorite is to get that quote unquote insider information. But sometimes it can just be very depressing. Like he'll be like, oh yeah, a coach told me that they told them like two years ago, they should get rid of so-and-so player. And I'll be like, no, why didn't they like what, you know, and hindsight is twenty twenty, but those are the things that may, ugh, they just, they, they stay with you. Yeah, they, they pick at you for a while. That's for sure. All right, let's get to some Packers stuff. You know, obviously we're on the bye week. There's not a ton to discuss at the moment from a, you know, play to play standpoint and things like that. But uh, through, through the bye week, who have kind of been your MVPs on offense and defense so far for the Packers? So far, I think you'd have to give the MVP to Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Without him, the show don't go. Sure. And on defense, you know, I. I don't know. Blake Martinez in that Bears game, I still kind of go back to that. And like, if we lose to the Bears in that first game, like, I I don't know that we're doing as well as we're doing right now. And I do think that like, we're a team on the up, but I'm all, I'm obviously the most optimistic Packer fan you'll ever meet in your whole entire life. Yeah. I mean, I, Blake Martinez on the defense. All right, perfect. I'm going to go with David Bakhtiari on offense. And I mean, I'm not going to argue Aaron Rodgers, obviously. If you, like you said, if you take Aaron Rodgers off the team and you put Deshaun Kaiser and this team may not have a win so far this season. So, uh, you know, three wins and a tie is a lot better than not having to win. So I'm not going to argue against that, but I think David Bakhtiari has been the best player on offense. And then Kenny Clark is, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of an unsung hero inside, really helping clear up Blake Martinez to make some of the plays that he's making. And I just think they're both having phenomenal years. And I think, you know, if you had to go a number two for me, I mean, I, I agree on Bakhtiari 100%. But, like, Devontae, you know, take away two drops, and we have, like, almost all wins. And he's really been there, and he really came on. And then on defense, Jair Alexander, like, he excites this team. There's something about him that, like, makes the defense even more exciting. I couldn't agree more on either of those players. Devontae Adams, this past week, I finished just my offensive grades just a couple days ago. He was consistently open this last game, even when he wasn't getting the ball. He was darn near uncoverable for a huge chunk of that game. And then when it was, you know, game on the line, clutch fourth quarter and, you know, situations where they had to go for the tie and then try to get set up for the win, he he just, you know, stepped it up a whole nother level. And then on defense, I actually think the defense has struggled in the course of the last few weeks when Alexander's been out. I think when he's been in, they've been a heck of a lot better on defense no doubt all right and then on the flip side I know you're a positive person but who are uh, maybe a player on offense and a player on defense that's been disappointing for you so far I mean on offense I just feel like why are where where's Mercedes Lewis like I was definitely expecting more I know he was going to be a blocking tight end but what's going on and then you know on defense I just I don't know I I really feel like haha is a very is a big disappointment I you know, that, that interception, the interceptions he has, I know he has the, the, you know, he's been doing turnovers for us. He just, it just doesn't seem like he wants to be there a lot of the time. It's really weird. And even you can see it on the field. Like it's just bizarre to me. And, and I just, I don't know. He's not, he's definitely not reached his potential. Yeah, Haha has definitely been a polarizing player. I've been really, really tough on him. I, it's insane. I actually really like Pro Football Focus, and usually them and I are pretty close on our stuff. To have uh, them have him as the second best safety in the NFL going into this week, I think is insane. Um, but he's been obviously very polarizing. My goal this week, my plan this week is to put together with, you know, with no tape to break down, is to break down Haha Clinton Dix, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and post that on Cheesehead TV this week. So hopefully I can, hopefully I can kind of give everyone a, a eye into what I've seen on tape, some of the things that I haven't liked. But he has made a couple nice plays as well. So just kind of yeah. give the good, bad, and the ugly. No doubt he has. 
And then uh, for mine, uh, the disappointing on defense to me has been the edge rushers as a whole. Uh, I'll kind of single out Reggie Gilbert a little bit. I thought he was a player in preseason and training camp that I thought was ready to take a step. He's done absolutely next to nothing. And then Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, uh, neither of them have, you know, I always hate bringing up the contract, but certainly neither of them have lived up to their contracts so far and, and shown any ability to get to the quarterback. I've said this on pretty much every platform I've been on this week, but Jerry Hughes coming into this week had 34 quarterback pressures. The entire edge rushing group as combined for the Packers has 33. So one less than Jerry Hughes. Um, they've been absolutely a disappointment. And I was on the same page with you on, on offense. Mercedes Lewis certainly hasn't got a ton of playing time, but for me, even when he's been in there, I know he wasn't going to be the super dynamic pass receiving option, but you know, when he's in there, he should be a, at least solid, if not great run blocking and pass blocking option. And he's even struggled a little bit in that regard from my view. So I think he's been a disappointment as well, as much as a, a you know, one year two $2 million player can be a disappointment who was just expected to be a, a number two tight end with one specific goal in mind. I still think it's been a little bit of a disappointment. I mean, when you look at what he did at Jacksonville last year, it's got to be, right? Like, he's not doing that. And maybe we're not asking him about that. But anytime I see Lance Kendricks or I see another tight end that's not Jimmy Graham, I'm always like, where's Mercedes Lewis? This is what we got him for. Absolutely. So really quick, what are your thoughts on the coaching staff and and how Mike McCarthy and the coaches have done so far? Obviously bringing in Joe Philbin on offense and then Mike Patton on defense. How would you kind of assess them in, you know, through the first six weeks of the year? I mean, you know, there's times the defenses look like Dom Capers defense, but I think that's kind of to be expected. I feel like, look, Patton's got some six stops when he needed them, right? Um, We have two wins we have two W's that are you got to like literally place on the defense. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers and his shoulder. But if the defense of of yesteryear were playing, like those would probably be losses. So I think those are good. And the offense, like you know, we've said this for weeks now. They they have no identity. No one knows who they are. Like that, you look at the last seven years, and they literally pick one of those offenses to be every drive. And <laughs> they've had drives that I've watched. You know. Uh, the Vikings game, they've had drives where they've just owned, they've had eight minute drives uh, uh, many times where they could dominate. And then they've had drives where it just doesn't make any sense. And it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I think Mike McCarthy thinks that he has more drive opportunities than, than you do. Right. I I feel like he thinks, sees it as a lab experiment, which I like. Um, But you know, we have a lot of weapons and I just wish that I just wish that we would focus and feature the people that we have that are superstars. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, it's, I've watched every single play of every single game and I struggle to put exactly into thoughts of what the inconsistencies with this offense are. I think they have to develop a little bit more of a strong running game and, and lean on it a little bit more than they have and just have an identity there. But you see the end of the game this last week and the throws that Aaron Rodgers is making. And to me, it's almost more frustrating because it's like, where has that been? Where Where has that level of play been over the course of a, a game and even the year so far? And then you see when they need it at the end of games, it's Chicago, same thing. And it's like they're unstoppable. It's like no one in the world can even come close to stopping the offense, but it goes to sleep for large periods of time. And I, I really struggle with putting it in the context of, of how it is the way it is. Yeah, I would agree. All right. So I know you're lean positive and you're, you know, hoping for a a strong second half. You said they're on the up and up. Just how good can this Packers team be in the second half? And what's your prediction for the rest of the year? I mean, I think we'll win the Super Bowl. That's what I think all the time. I never change. Like, (laughs) perfect. That's what we're 
I mean, that's what we're going to do. Now, whether you can believe me or not, I mean, I just, the funny thing about this league and especially the last, I don't know, seven years, especially since 2010. And, you know, it's so easy. And, you know, if you put on Twitter anything about 2010 or XLB, people are like, well, these are the reasons it's different. And they yeah. just pull your ass. And it's like, you know what? Shut up. Cause like it, it's about, it's about a surprise. It's about the fact that we know nothing like no one on television, all these people that get paid multiple millions of dollars, literally nobody knows more than you or Aaron or me or fan on the street. <laughs> yeah. Like we really know it doesn't matter how much tape we watch. Like we're watching the best athletes play each other and the, any given Sunday thing. I know that's a cliche, but it's crazy. Like this Packers team, as long as we can stay healthy, there is no reason. There's there's nothing stopping us from winning the Super Bowl. And I think we're going to know so much next week and more so than I think the entire season. And what's really going to be funny is I don't think beating I don't think I don't think next week is about winning or losing, but the way that we do whatever we do, I think is going to be critical for the remainder of the season because, you know, I do not we're not going to be expected to beat them at all. But if we do, like, game on. No, absolutely. And I think people forget. And, and actually, I'm really glad that you said this because this is kind of even a little bit of a wake-up call for me because I'm going to tell you, I, didn't, I don't share necessarily your optimism about a potential Super Bowl, but I, I think people forget that the Packers in the, the Super Bowl season started 3-3. Three and three, And at, with that 3-3, three and three, lost their last two. They lost at Washington, and then they lost in overtime. Actually, both of the games were in overtime to Washington and then Miami at home. And uh, it was not looking great. Uh, Jermichael Finley had just gotten hurt for the season. Uh, you know, Sam Shields was still in his rookie year. People didn't know what to expect from him. They had no serviceable, you know, running back really at all. James Starks didn't develop until later in the season. And, uh, at, you know, you going in three and three into, you know, at the end of week six, I, I remember quite clearly, you know, people were not thinking Super Bowl season in any way, shape or form that year. And yeah, maybe there's things that are a degree of different, but, uh, you know, there are going to be things that are a degree of different this year in a positive way as well. So we're so much better. Like you have seven years of Aaron Rodgers has having experience. I mean, we got a guy that's hobbling on his knee winning games right now. Like that's insane. Yeah. And of course, anytime you have Aaron Rodgers on offense, you've got a puncher's chance and it just takes a moment. You know, people forget the year after the Super Bowl, that offense was on fire, yeah. like just absolutely on fire. And then, uh, you know, teams kind of figured it out a little bit and figured out what to do. If Green Bay, you know, flips the switch back in the opposite direction where they they get back on fire in that sort of regards, like there's no stopping or no telling what they can do from that point going forward. So if they just figure out, you know, one thing that gets the offense going, listen, this is the team, Devontae Adams, we've touched base on how insanely good he is. Their left tackle is the best in football. They've got Aaron Rodgers. They've got a plethora of receiving options. Jimmy Graham at tight end, Aaron Jones, if they start using him more consistently at running back, they have got a plethora of weapons that they can use. If they figure out that formula, there's no telling what can happen. Well, and I think that's why, you know, it's hard to judge the coaching staff because I think most people get frustrated by the fact that, you know, the weapons that we have are not being utilized. And so I, you know, I think it's funny because I just want to give them more time. I always do, but I think it's just a better approach to be patient with this team because if some of these guys get it figured out, it's going to be, it's going to be game on. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's certainly the hope going forward, coming out of the bye weekend with a tough schedule to start off with. Uh, Corey, thanks so much. Any final thoughts today? I love uh, a, I love a bye week after a win. If it was a loss, the sky would be falling. So it's a, it's been a nice, relaxing bye week. I don't know how the Vikings are doing, but hopefully they're losing. Uh, yeah, as we're recording this, the Vikings are up right now. The Bears are tied, and the Lions are up. So that's where we're at right now. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, all those three teams lose by the end of the podcast. <laughs> that's the hope. That's the hope. Well, Corey, thanks so much. Where quickly, where can we find your work uh, throughout the course of the week? Uh, well, the big things that we're doing right now uh, every week are Wednesday Packer transplants. We go live at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Lambo time, which is the more important time. Uh, and then Fridays, we're doing these new Madden, basic Aaron Nagler plays Madden uh, live. We're going to try to do those Fridays uh, between 5 and 6. Um, and then I basically read the chat and talk shit about him playing um, and tell him why how terrible he is, which is somewhat funny. And then we just started doing the Packer watch parties for away games. So all away games, it's Aaron and I watching the Packers whenever they play on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to Cheesehead TV on YouTube. That's where you'll find most of uh, our video content. All right, perfect. Corey, thanks so much for joining me. This has been an absolute blast. Andy, thank you. Go Pack. Go Packers. And for everyone else, thank you so much for joining the podcast today and listening in. You can follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Make sure to go follow Corey at Corey Benke. You can follow me at Scani Sports. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Make sure to check out our new Facebook page. Thanks as always for listening. And as always, go Pack Go. Six seconds to go. Ball just outside the four. Roger shotgun looks to his right. Snap to A-Rod. Throws right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! The dagger to Andrew Paulus on the right side! Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right yes! at the back of Adams. Yes! Touchdown Green Bay! A spectacular throw and catch to the left side of the end zone! Rodgers from the 42 New York, fourth down and two. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, scrambles right. 